Welcome to the 8th episode of the Nerddom and Other Nonsense podcast. Your home for all things nerddom, gaming, tech, and entertainment. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter for the latest updates and info. Today we will be talking about the games we played this week, the latest news, and later we'll be discussing building your own gaming PC. Can you guys believe it's been two months? I'm Savage, and with me today I have... Leo. And BCom. So, uh, how are you guys doing this week? I'm glad we've gone two months. That's pretty awesome. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I would like to do some uh, video game uh, recording so we can put on the uh, YouTube podcast. So I ended up getting a uh, external four terabyte Seagate hard drive. I actually already had one for my Xbox One, but it's uh, actually on Newegg right now for one thirty two point sixty six dollars. So that's a pretty good deal for a lot of storage. Yeah, for four terabytes, that's pretty good. Yeah, USB three point So I mean, it's plenty fast. It'll actually play if you hook it up to your Xbox One. It'll actually play a little bit faster than what the connection speed is of the internal hard drive. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yep. Well, what about you, Becom? How's your week been going? My week was going just fine until I woke up today. And today just decided to be terrible in any number of ways. First and and foremost, my Nintendo Switch Breath of the Wild Legend of Zelda Master Edition was canceled by Amazon.com. Yay! Thank you so much, Nintendo. <laughs> didn't you order it, like, as soon as you possibly could, too? Yeah, I could probably look, but I literally ordered it. Like, I was online with, like, the people from, like, NeoGAF and, like, everybody else, like, eyes like a hawk on Amazon, like, first ordering the console, like, immediately, and then ordering the the Master Edition, like, the second that I saw it linked anywhere. I ordered it, um, but I've seen, I've been reading other people are running into this issue. A whole bunch of people had their orders canceled. Um, and like many of them were saying like, yeah, I ordered this at like 3.25 a.m. Like that <laughs> night. And that's that's like me. Like I ordered it like right then, like immediately. Uh, so apparently it seems that Nintendo did not make enough copies of this Master Edition to ship to Amazon for the demand. Uh, which is typical of Nintendo. They just can't get this stuff right. They can't make enough copies of the things they are going to sell. They never do. So without a Zelda game, what are you going to play on your uh, Nintendo Switch at launch? I was thinking of like throwing it out the window. <laughs> uh, and oh, seeing, uh, maybe I'll film that, you know, seeing like how many times it takes to crack the screen. Because there's nothing else. There's literally nothing else uh, that I want to play at launch. So... Basically, I can either digitally download Zelda now because I can't pre-order it anywhere else. I can't get the Master Edition from Amazon or anywhere else. I can't get the Special Edition anywhere. And I don't think you can even get the Standard Physical Edition anywhere uh, right now, pre-order online. So it's really screwed over a lot of people. Amazon sent me a little note saying, oh, we've added a $10 gift card to your account. Well, well, thank you, Amazon. That's (laughs) so reassuring. Thank you so much. Um uh, besides all that, like that's really frustrating. But then uh, I'm also a New York Knicks fan, so this day is also doubly frustrating because the Knicks, who um, are terrible, but not bad enough to be like 
good in se- in the sense that like they're not bad enough to get like the top pick in the draft, but they're not good enough to make the playoffs. So they decided to just stay pat and not make any trades at the uh, NBA trade deadline, which ended this afternoon. So very excited about that. That uh, our current prospects of the team too. But I've been a Bucks fan for most of my life. So yeah. well, welcome to the suck. <laughs> yeah. Same thing being a Knicks fan, really. It's just pretty awful. That's so. not entirely true. You guys used to have like Latrell Sprewell and Patrick Ewing and other nonsense players that just could could go, you know, disappear anytime. And now that they're gone, you're finally realizing what it's like to not be any team but the Lakers or the Knicks. What was that team that was in that Whoopi Goldberg movie? Shoot. Uh was it the Knicks? I want to say it was a New York team. I think it was. Was that movie called Eddie or something like that? Like where oh, she's like no a idea. referee or something? I, I just remember her being like a coach or referee and it involved a big time NBA team. <laughs> it might have been the Knicks or it might have been a fake team. It was probably New York though. Well, yeah, because yeah. there's no way in hell it would have been the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, <laughs> would have been the New Jersey Nets at the time anyway. Yeah, Jason Kidd. That was a good team. Anyway, uh, we've been going savage. <laughs> sports <laughs> yeah how you been doing savage uh you know life love and the pursuit of debt the american dream oh yeah yeah so uh wife and i just bought a car because my car a couple weeks ago decided it just didn't want to steer on the way home so <laughs> i was bad yeah i was driving home from work um and the spring that holds the front differential in place because I was driving a four-wheel drive, the, the spring that holds the front differential in place had rusted out and snapped. So essentially my car was trying to turn the whole axle assembly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, managed to get it into the driveway and then it had to be towed. But wow. So that, that car's pretty much gone. So then we, last night, when we were supposed to record the podcast, I told you guys, oh, it won't be that long. We're just going to look. Yeah, no, we actually bought a car, so <laughs> yeah, be picking That's that good. up tomorrow. So, yeah. What color did you get? It is, oh god, what's I don't know the technical name of the color. It's it's not white, like not pure white, but it's like kind of a cream white with mm. like tan interior. We bought used, so you gotta okay. you gotta take the colors that are available. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, Subaru Legacy Premium. Good car, especially good for snow. Yep. It'll I don't know anything about it. Yeah. It's got a boxer engine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is either. Oh, my goodness. I'll have to show you my Tootsie Roll example one time. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really lost. <laughs> yeah. I, while we were at the dealership, I sat down and... I was explaining like the way a boxer engine works as compared to like an inline four to my wife and I, they had Tootsie Rolls and like a little thing there and I used Tootsie Rolls as pistons to explain like the layout of the engine. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll throw in like a clip of me just messing with Tootsie Rolls. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I would like to see that. Yeah. But anyways, uh, what have you guys been playing this week? Um, I guess I'll start off since I've been playing some weird stuff. Um, basically, like my entire life right now, what or like at least up until today was like preparing for Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Legend of Zelda to come out. 
now I'm only preparing for Horizon, so, you know, that's great. <laughs> but but uh, How many times this episode can Become bring up about his Zelda game getting canceled? <laughs> we'll find out, Johnny. <laughs> Although, from what I've heard, Horizon Zero Dawn may be the best game to come out this year, and it's only February. Yeah, it looks insane from yeah, the everything stuff I've, I've seen. seen on it just looks so... It looks beautiful in the first place. I, I yep. think it... As of the time we're recording this podcast, it's sitting at like an 87 or or an 88 on Metacritic. Comes out next Tuesday, right? Yep. Yep, the 28th. to order that. But anyway, so I decided like, oh, I should just jump into like some little small game on the side uh, while I wait for these games. So I jumped into Final Fantasy X Remaster, which is not a small game at all. It's like a 50-hour game, and if you want to do like side quests, it's like could be like an 100-hour game. But uh, I've never played Final Fantasy X before, and uh, playing through Final Fantasy XV like really rekindled my interest to go back to some of the old Final Fantasy games that I missed. Um, and I've played through like the first five or six hours of Final Fantasy X, and just based on that, I would say that that game is massively a better game than Final Fantasy XV in almost every single way besides the graphics. Like, it is so much better of a game. You can tell, like, so much more thought and effort went into that game than went into Final Fantasy XV. Um, it's just, like, the battle system is... Well, it's, like, more similar to the old Final Fantasy battle systems. Uh, I just think it's, like, better thought out. I think it's more fun. I think all of the characters is as annoying as Titus, who's the main character, is. He's, like, a douchebag surfer guy. Um, or like a jock basically but like all of the characters are more interesting than every character in Final Fantasy 15 um, I think Blitzball even with like its flaws is like way more oh fun God. than any of the mini games that I are forgot in, about that in 15 yeah Blitzball is kind of nuts but it's also really fun and uh, yeah I mean it's just oh, I, I just like so many things about it I think there's a ton of cutscenes it's just like cutscenes like every few minutes but they're all like interesting and they all like make a lot of sense and this, there's a lot of stuff in Final Fantasy 15 that just didn't make any sense because they were like cutting and pasting that game together story-wise so I don't know that's the first thing I've been playing this week what about uh what about you guys uh I have been going back through the old arsenal of games that I used to just dump a whole bunch of money into so like I started the week playing Crossfire a lot and uh just going back and playing that i think we talked about that this past week and then you know came up i i sent you guys a message i think a few days ago about the idea of another top five we could do uh we won't do it today mm-hmm. but definitely a a good top five and just sitting through that game and playing it trying to think about everything uh just going on and stuff like so much fun to get back into it and then i've also gotten back into a game called cable or cabal online which is a giant mmorpg um your brothers finally goaded you into playing that again (laughs) well i mean I've, i've spent a decent amount of money on the game so i will always go back to it it's the one mmo i really play so lots of fun um and actually we've we've been trying for forever to talk bcom into playing it so I think I I will record some footage and throw it up of us like running some dungeons. Throw it up on uh, this video. Try if I 
see if I can try to convince Becom to finally download it because it's a free to play. It's a free to play game, so yeah, I can I'll do that at some point. I don't know if this week is the best since like Horizon is going to be coming out and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, but but since Zelda is not coming anymore to my house, <laughs> I have so much free time. So yeah, continue. Yeah, um, then other than that, I can't remember. I played some Brawl Hollow. They had a Valentine's Day event going. So they had some special skins that were available uh, just for a set period of time where you could actually buy skins for the different characters that were like with just the regular in-game money without actual real-world money. So played that a decent amount trying to just get some of them because it was like the only way you're ever going to get a character in a pink skin or something so <laughs> did did a decent amount of brawlhalla and then went back and started using my playstation emulator again but other than that not not really too much haven't had much time this week to actually just sit down and bust through like a triple a franchise so what about you leo uh, I've been playing two games, one of them, uh, For Honor. I haven't played very much, but I've been enjoying what I have been playing. Uh, played a little bit of the story mission, which is pretty cool, uh, but been trying to play mostly with friends on the multiplayer. And I don't know. It's just really fun playing with a bunch of buddies. I like how the game, because it's not a button smasher, if somebody tries to button smash, you're just going to get wrecked. So that's that makes me super happy because I know everything I do and they're doing is pretty much you know it's pre-planned mm-hmm. so that makes it think it's really good but the other game that i've been playing just about every day because it's a mobile game is still fire emblem heroes nice. and it's a uh, i don't know it's just addicting i've managed to get two characters all the way up to the level cap which is level 40 and i got four more sitting at like level 38 and 39 i'm trying to get to level 40 because even with my guys now i can't seem to do the last uh training tier which is like the tier 10 like they put in because uh, they do like they'll do like a knight and a sword guy but then when you hit that tier 10 they actually pull characters from the games with all these special abilities and they use the heck out of them oh my god but I, I got probably two tips slash tricks for that game um, one in the battle when you're doing your battle down at the bottom of the screen it says show danger area and that shows what all the uh other guys how far they can move even if they have a special ability that allows them to move farther that you wouldn't otherwise know about which is really great because it helps you bait them or whatnot because it works like paper rock scissors depending on who you have then also a really cool thing is uh people with the special abilities like the support abilities they can uh you can make them one of the support ones is like pull your guy backwards a space which is super helpful it's like you're using a ranged guy you shoot somebody with a ranged weapon well next turn they can probably get to you if they're a melee person they'll probably kill you but if you have that ability you go forward shoot them and then use your second character to pull them back and they can't get to you and you can just easily pick them off it's only two tips i got uh become did you have anything else yeah, I actually wanted to go back. I forgot to talk about one thing. So part of playing uh, Final Fantasy X uh, is I was playing it on Steam. Um, and it feels weird to like go back to an old PlayStation game like that and not play it with like a PS uh, controller. So I was I trying to 
I basically just decided to finally figure out like how to make a DualShock 4 work on PC and how hard it would be, like whether I'd have to download third-party software or something. Um, but it turns out it's like super easy to do this now using Steam's big picture mode. Basically, open up Steam, open up the big picture mode, and then go uh, <laughs> go into like controller settings and just like there's a check mark for like use PS4 controller something like that. Uh, and then you go to the individual game and you set the controller settings for the individual individual game to like no weird input or something. I don't know. There's like a little process. I can maybe post a link to it in the YouTube description. But uh, yeah, it was super easy. Like I just turned the game on. It basically views the PlayStation controller as like a Steam controller. Uh, and it works perfectly well. Um, so I'm playing Final Fantasy with my DualShock 4 on Steam and it works really great. Um, and the only other game I tested out like that, uh, that I'd, I'd been, I'd had this game sitting around for a long time. I got it on sale for like five bucks, like a year ago. And that's uh, transistor, um, from super giant games who also made bastion. And that's a really gorgeous game with a really gorgeous soundtrack. And I've been just slowly making my way through that as well. So it's been really fun, but, uh, that's it. So do you guys want to move on to news? Sure. Sure. Yep. Uh, f- first piece, uh, Definitely for you, BCom, considering you somehow you put Doom in your top five list last week. <laughs> yeah. So this uh. is <laughs> this isn't like real Nick. This is what Donald Trump might call fake news. But uh, <laughs> uh, basically, there is a YouTube video posted, and it's of this guy who apparently hacked his Porsche 911 to play the original Doom. using his car as like the inputs so basically like he uses his steering wheel to to turn the view of the character right and left (laughs) um he uses his gear shaft to like to change weapons he honks the horn to shoot um and well to go forward he hits the accelerator so like he shows you how it all works and at the end of the video like he starts like literally driving his car and playing doom at the same time which looks like the most dangerous possible thing i've seen several places (laughs) that it's fake but it looks so real like it was done so well that i i just like kind of want to believe that it's true (laughs) didn't he i didn't he have some like other videos that had something to do with uh a toaster yeah, and there's a toaster in his 911 in this video, which people see as like a subtle hint that like this is another fake thing. Like I think he was like controlling a game through a toaster at some point in his other video. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh yeah, that was a fun video. I think Savage will lo- uh link it in the YouTube description if you want to go look at it. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely link it. It's it's pretty well done. So <laughs> even though I'm positive it's fake. It's very well done. So, even if it is fake, like the guy is like so low key about everything that it's just like a, it looks like a walkthrough video that like some guy who owns a Porsche would make about like you know tweaking their Porsche or something, you know, modding their Porsche. <laughs> so yeah, uh, since Leo was just talking about For Honor, um, I've seen a bunch of news this week about. Various issues people are having with For Honor, but one of the main one is the uh, peer-to-peer connectivity. So since this game doesn't run on dedicated servers, um, uh, peers are connecting to each other. Yeah, which, I only had yeah. this problem once. Really? And so it, that's better than a lot of people. And it really wasn't a big deal. 
Yeah, so what a lot of people have been seeing is that, like, uh, so basically the way it works in For Honor is all of the peers are connected to each other at the same time so as, so as to not give anyone a host advantage. But the problem with that is that if one person drops out of the, the session, it stops everything, pauses the game, and you see a message come up on your screen that says configuring session. Uh, and that can screw you over, like, say, if you're, like, right in the middle of a fight and, like, it could screw up your timing. Yeah, um, fortunately, I was not in the middle of a fight, but we were kind of in an area. We all knew we were there. And, yeah. it yeah, popped up configuring session. But then it kind of looked like certain people got back into the game quicker. Like, I think I was one of them. When I got back in, I was able, able to just rush this dude and basically overwhelm him because by the time he got back, it was way too late. Yeah. The other problem that I'm, I'm seeing people have is that, like, since there's no penalty for quitting in the middle of a match in this game, like a lot of people will just rage quit over certain things. Uh, and so that could lead to a lot of these configuring session issues, which people have been having. I know Leo hasn't, but uh, some people Yeah, I have. just had the one and it was somebody did leave the game, but I don't know for what reason. I want to say we were only a quarter into it. And I don't think it was anybody's game yet. So. so what you're saying is you really need to just log on and just troll people. <laughs> God. Uh, please don't do that. But yeah, this is why dedicated servers are always a better option. And like, it's always a disappointment when multiplayer games don't have dedicated servers. because of Yeah, but it's like kind this. of a big cost for the uh, game company, isn't it? Which is why it they is. don't. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this is an Ubisoft game. I mean, like... You would think they would have company. it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's really no excuse, to be honest. Yeah, so here's the hoping that uh, uh, Destiny 2 has some uh, servers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Des did Destiny had dedicated servers, didn't they? Uh, yeah, because there was never a match that got paused in the middle, right? I don't In multiplayer? think so. Yeah, so I'm no, pretty sure Destiny was... did have dedicated servers. I mean, it's Bungie. I mean, yeah. Halo has dedicated servers, so yeah. Something was different. Let me... Well, and Move it was on. published I'm by Googling Activision, this. There's something so, I was going for. So I'm sure Destiny had dedicated servers if since it was published by Activision. Yeah. I can't imagine Activision putting out a game that's so massively multiplayer and yeah. not doing that. Um, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. But uh, so while Leo's Googling that, when we move on, there's like a small piece of news. There's uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands open beta that started today, the February the 23rd. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, it's on, I think, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. So you can go check out the latest Ghost Recon game and see if it's to your liking. I might uh, I might dip into it. I've seen a bunch of streams of this game. It's basically uh, like a four-person co-op military, like, third-person shooter where you're out in, I think it's, it's, it's a South American country. It might be Venezuela. And you're just like, you can just like drive around the countryside and get into fights with like local like partisans and stuff. And I don't know, it's, it's pretty interesting. There's different factions of people on the map and there's lots of different side missions to do. You can fly planes, you can fly helicopters, all sorts of stuff. Seems like a good sandbox. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan as we've talked before. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the Ghost Recon franchise. I just... If it was first person, it'd be one thing, but third person shooters, I just, for whatever reason, I, unless it's Gears of War, mm -hmm. I always seem to have a problem with it, but I, yeah, I'm kind of with you just with all the other stuff you can do. I may check this one out. So yeah, 
looks like fun. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you about third-person shooters. I'm definitely more of a first-person shooter fan. Yeah, well, for me, it just makes more sense as far as just the way the game is played. It doesn't really make, to me, much sense to, like, do an over-the-shoulder camera when you're firing a weapon. It, it just, to me, seems to throw off your aim. Yeah. Yeah, but I got your answer for you about the Destiny. Okay, what is it? It's a, actually a hybrid system. It only uses dedicated servers for, like, the tower because there's so many people in there in that one spot or something like that. And a little bit for, like, when you're walking around and... uh pve but pvp is uh, completely uh player to player and having a host advantage is a big deal and since they have one dedicated host uh when somebody else drops out it doesn't hurt the game uh okay interesting yeah so i did i knew i knew it was pvp i couldn't remember exactly why but that that was why huh i never had too many issues with that though with like well, I mean, there there are some issues with lag in Destiny PvP. That's for sure. But I don't know. yeah, it, it was it's pretty rare. But I just, I know really highly dedicated players ran into it obviously a lot more. Oh, but that's true. That nice. people do complain about that constantly in trials. Yeah, uh, never mind. So yeah, I should have well, known. That. In the highly competitive stuff, yeah, it's really it's really really bad because the team that gets the host advantage more not more likely than not they at least get a pretty nice advantage. So. You know what's sad? As much time as we've put into Destiny, and as much as we talk about it, I've never done trials. I've done it a couple <laughs> times. It's pretty, it's pretty it's, intense. It's kind of it's, fun. But. It's tough. It's fun. You, I mean, you have to go in with uh, three people. You, it's not matchmaking. So, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's not even installed on my Xbox anymore. So, shame. <laughs> I, I ditched it. I, I reinstalled Overwatch over the weekend, so <laughs> you should have kept playing. The expansions are amazing. They just kept getting better. What was the last one you played? Oh God, I don't even remember. Was it the Dark Below? Well, no. I mean, I played all the way through Year Three, Rise of Iron. Uh, yeah, Rise of Iron. And okay. uh, yeah, because we did the raid. You know this, Leo? I play with a ton of people on there i can't remember who's all been there or not (laughs) but uh other than that like i i only played maybe a month or two in rise of iron and then i just i was done with it yeah i I think that's the same story for a lot of people yeah were you there for the wrath of machine raid when we first tried it without knowing what to do uh I i was not there that weekend that was the weekend of my wedding if you remember that because that, that, it came right, out in September, right. and I, w- I got married at the end of yeah, September. Yeah, that's right. So. I remember you couldn't make it for that. Yeah. I remember, I know BCOM was there, and we managed to get to the second bo- To the boss. second one, and we didn't do it, but we did figure out how to do it. Yeah. And Turd Ferguson and BCOM thought I was crazy for figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, there was, some, there was a, what was the mechanic that I thought you were clearly wrong about? I can't remember. What the light was. over the doors that you had to run to yeah i think that was it yeah well you weren't completely right because there were doors on either side of the room that you could go to yeah the, the front and the back ones but there were but you could only go into the ones with the light on and one time we ran to the one without the light on. i'm like i'm pretty sure we have to go to one of them with a light <laughs> yeah yeah anyway oh, trip down memory lane good times so let's see uh 
Danganronpa version 3 is going to be launched September 26th in North America. This was announced at the NIS America press event. Uh, this is cool. These are fun, like, anime-styled visual novel games that are kind of like murder mysteries. Um, so I'm glad to see that another one is coming down the pike. They're probably some of the best visual novel games that are put out. Like, a lot of visual novel games are just trash. Uh, and these are actually pretty well written and pretty fun to play through. I would highly recommend them. Yeah, it's. I don't think. Are you familiar with it, uh, Leo? Leo? Hmm. <laughs> he must be playing Fire Emblem. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was distracted by something. What'd you do? <laughs> I would say whatever. We were asking, are you familiar with Danganronpa? I watched the anime. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a uh, two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. They did a, I think they did a second season of the anime last year too. I didn't watch that though, but yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, did they? Huh. Uh, let's see. There's some news for Neo. Um, Neo is gonna. This is the weirdest headline I've read. Neo is gonna add high difficulty missions. As if the missions were not high difficulty already. <laughs> Higher difficulty missions, I guess. And then PvP. Uh, they're, they're apparently coming. people are asking for them, I guess. Yeah, people... I mean, when you're talking about Souls games or Neo, like, people want that challenge. They want to just go through, like, a brutal course. So, yeah. And so, but PvP is finally going to be coming uh, also, I think, in April. Uh, April or May, I think. Uh yeah, no, April for PvP, March for the high-difficulty missions. Uh, and that's cool. And just to make us feel even worse about ourselves, this may even be out of date now, but last I saw uh, a Neo speedrunner by the name of Distortion 2 beat the game in an hour and 37 minutes. That's insane. So, yes, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, he just used, like, a bunch of, like, talismans and, like, various buffs to just, like, tear through all of the bosses super fast. Um, but that's crazy. That's just so, so crazy. But to see it down to like an hour and a half, like this early, uh, I wonder how fast that game is going to be speedrun wise, like in the future, or if it's already nearing as fast as it can go. If you could beat that game in under an hour, I would just like, oh my God, that'd be incredible. You'd cancel your <laughs> Nintendo Switch pre order. I probably should. I'm st- I have my button, my, my, my mouse finger on the button. I'm thinking about it. Is the window open? You're just ready. <laughs> it's in another tab. Like it's like right in the other tab. And I'm thinking about it. like what is the point of having a switch now? Like there's no point. We Savage and I were discussing this before we got on because I saw your uh tweet and I told Savage and we're like is he even going to keep it or not? <laughs> What's the point of having it? Correct. I mean the point is like I can still download the game digitally, but I wanted mm-hmm. to have the cartridge too. Like I oh god. It's, this is such a disappointment. Yeah, but if you download the game, you won't be able to put anything else on your internal hard drive. <laughs> yeah, it takes up like half the hard drive on its own. Yeah, it's like 13 oh, gigs. Jeez. What's the uh, first Final Fantasy game you guys have played? Mine's 7. I have yet to play a Final Fantasy game. I have 7 uh, on my computer with my uh, PlayStation emulator, but I do not necessarily have the time at the moment to dig into it because it's one of those games i know it's like three parts or whatever because it was three discs on the original playstation mm-hmm. and i i really want to be able to sit down and just grind through it 
It takes oh. a long time. I think the first game I played was six to answer your question. Yeah. Really? Oh, well, good news, Savage, because uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, they at least, we know they have, almost have the main story voice recording complete. <laughs> well, and <laughs> I don't know what this means for, like, when it's going to launch. It could mean anything. So yeah. They are taking their sweet time, though. Jesus. Well, what I think is that it's actually just, because the game is going to be released in, in parts. So it's going to be part one, part two, and then part three. Yep. So my my only worry would be, what if this is only the main story voice recording for part one? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> the thing is that they know what all the dialogue is going to be. Basically, like they've this this is not like a new game. Like so, they know yeah. what they needed to record. So I feel like they could have gotten the all script this has already done. been written. <laughs> they even have yeah. samples to go off of. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I also saw um, there was a there was some kind of event with that Square Enix was at in Australia, and I saw a Kotaku Australia articles uh, that had a screenshot of like one of the first encounters in Final Fantasy VII. It's like when you run into um, it's like a robot that has kind of like spider legs. It's like one of the first things you fight in the game in like the Maka reactor, uh, and they had a screenshot of that, and it kind of looked like the Final Fantasy X battle system, which made me happy. It didn't look like an active time battle system. It looked like you kind of like were com- giving your characters like Barrett and Cloud commands. So that makes me happy because like I don't want to have the Final Fantasy XV battle system in this game. I want it to be like Final Fantasy VII. So that was good Please. to see. Dude, if it's the Final Fantasy XV battle system, it would ruin it for me. Yeah, it it would. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, as we were talking about before, uh, is basically a technical masterpiece on PS4 Pro and on PS4. Uh, there's a lot of news that's come out of like Eurogamers Digital Foundry talking about the performance of the game. Uh, the PS4 Pro version runs at a checkerboarded full 2160p 4K. Uh, and the PS4 version runs at native 1080p, but both versions run almost completely locked at 30 frames per second with very rare drops in frame rate uh, and really good frame pacing, meaning that the frames are appearing at like a, at a steady pace rather than an, a juddery pace where it would be very noticeable. A game that has an issue with frame pacing is Bloodborne. Uh, but yeah, so basically the Decima engine... Uh, which Kojima is going to be using for Death Stranding as well, seems to be a beast of an engine. Um, and this is funny because I had written this part in this in our Google document before today. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's like, basically I was going to say, like, look, this game's not out yet and I haven't played it, but uh, it's kind of like the worst timing ever for Zelda because I've seen like a whole bunch of the gameplay for Horizon already. And it looks, like, unbelievably gorgeous, and it runs perfectly. Uh, and it's a huge open-world game in, in a modern setting from a modern studio. And Zelda is going to be going up against this, and I really think it's going to look flat in comparison. Like, there's just no way around it. Like, Zelda has that cell-shaded art style that can mask some of the, like, graphical, like, inadequacies. Yeah. yeah. But Horizon looks like a friggin' world you would want to go to, like, and spend your time there and, like, use the photo mode in the game to take actual pictures of the panoramas of the game and post them to Twitter. If there's ever a game that convinces me to do that, then it's extremely graphically amazing because otherwise I would never do that. 
Yeah, I think the games I've mainly used photo modes on are The Last of Us Remastered and Uncharted 4. Final Fantasy 15. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, and Final Fantasy 15. Because that was, like, built into the structure of the game, too. Yeah, I see people posting on Twitter, and not once did I try to do it. And actually, it frustrated me, because, like, when you do, like, your level-up scenes, it brings up your photos. I'm just, like, flying past them. I don't give two shits. <laughs> yep. So, like, I'm saying, if there's a game that actually makes me appreciate the photo mode... Yeah, it has uh, to be pretty Actually, impressive. I will say there may have been one time, and that was Pokemon Snap. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. I liked that game a lot. So, also, so why has Nintendo might not made a spiritual successor to that game? Come on. So, so, Become, would you say because of how well-received Horizon Zero Dawn is to this, this point in time, it'll almost be like The Legend of Zelda just doesn't exist in your life? It'll almost be like uh, <laughs> that I'm happy that my pre-order got canceled because <laughs> it'll give me more time to play Horizon Zero Dawn instead of Zelda, which is clearly going to be an inferior game. I don't even know why I pre-ordered this console. It was just a terrible idea all around. I mean, oh my God. Be we calm. could always <laughs> just give your Switch away. You know what? I never want to talk about Nintendo Switch ever again. So let's move on to the next piece of news. The Nintendo right. Switch game downloads. <laughs> Before you start, I want to I wanna point something out. There's one game in here that won't even fit on the console. <laughs> yeah. what? So, Dragon Quest Heroes. Good on you, Nintendo. It's <laughs> a 32 gigabyte download. So this literally cannot even fit on the internal hard drive of the system, which uh, the operating system takes up like 6.21 gigabytes of space of that 32 gigabytes that you yeah. have. So you'd need an SD card if you wanted to download this game. If you have it on a cartridge, I assume you could still play it. Uh, so if you have the physical version, I assume you could play it because you don't have like a 30... It's not going to take up 32 gigabytes of space. Um, but... Yeah, so other games, notable games, their sizes, the Breath of the Wild, which I don't know why anybody would uh, would pre-order that game, is 13.4 gigabytes. <laughs> I think you've brought it up five or six times <laughs> now. Let's, let's be honest. Now this actually matters for you that it's 13.4. It does. Like, yeah, because you may it. be forced to digitally download it. Mario Kart 8, which I have also pre-ordered. We'll see about that one. Is seven gigabytes. Uh, Snipper Clips is one point six gigabytes. Disgaea Five five point nine gigabytes. Puyo Puyo Tetris is one point oh nine gigabytes. I Am Setsuna is one point four gigabytes. I wonder how that compares to the size of the I Am Setsuna download on PS4. I should check that. Um, and then Nobunaga's Ambition is five gigabytes. So that just gives you an idea of, you know, without buying an SD card, how many of the games you could actually fit on your system. It seems like you could fit like one big game and then maybe a few smaller ones before you have to go get an SD card. So, But look at the bright side, Becom. If you digitally buy it, you will always own it on a Nintendo console because they, the eShop purchases will finally be tied to your Nintendo account. Yeah, and that's big news. I mean... Previously, Nintendo eShop purchases were tied to the console. Like, so if you lost your 3DS, you would kind of you would have to contact Nintendo and sort of like beg them to give you back the games, and then you'd have to like <laughs> prove that you had like bought these games previously with like serial numbers or something. I don't know. I never had to go through that process, but that sounds like a nightmare to me. So they finally moved into the modern age now, where it's tied to an account. So if you lose your hardware, you can just re-download all the games from your account, which is nice. 
and you can go register your Nintendo Switch account ID right now, which sadly I did. I wonder if I should just go delete that now. Maybe I'll contact <laughs> Nintendo. Jesus. See if I can get rid of that ID. But yeah, you know, if there's a, if there's a name that you want to have on Switch, like if you need uh, XXX69 banged your mom XXX, you just got to go lock that down right now. So you should do that. I'm about to go do that so we can't now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the listeners thought we were done with uh, Nintendo news. They are not. We still have two more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez. Kill us now. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the left Joy-Con is desyncing while playing the Switch outside of handheld mode. Yeah, so a lot of reviewers who had the console early have been reporting this in their preview coverage. Uh, so basically, uh, n- when the left Joy-Con is not connected to the console... And I'm assuming even if it's connected to the Joy-Con grip, it's been desyncing, so it's not taking inputs. So people were saying, like Polygon's Arthur Gies was saying that he was dying in Zelda because his left joystick Joy-Con would stop uh, reacting and he would just like stay in one place and die. So that kind of sucks. Hopefully it's on a limited scope. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, you might want to cancel your (laughs) (laughs) pre-order. Oh, man. (laughs) I wonder if we can pick out the title for this episode. (laughs) Uh, You think? We'll figure that one out as we go on, I think. But uh, Nintendo Switch game cases also seem like a huge waste of plastic, apparently, according to Kotaku. Uh, They posted a picture of, like, the Bomberman R case, and it has, like, the tiny... um, cartridge in there and then the rest is just like all case it's like like okay let's explain the size of this cartridge you could lay a quarter on top of it and it'd probably overlap the left and right side yeah it's like the size of like a penny or two pennies basically two pennies maybe yeah it's tiny so like the box even though it's a smaller box than like say a ps4 xbox one box uh still a lot of unused space in there at the same time i feel like you know they probably are trying to distance themselves a bit from the handheld market and say, like, no, these are console games. So console games typically come with a larger box. Uh, and the other reason is, I guess, you know, you need some space to advertise the game also. Like, you want people to be able to, like, read the back of the box and, like, see the beautiful pictures. So you can't go too tiny with the box. So like, I'm, Oh, you don't you know. walk around with your monocle like I do? Oh, I never knew that. Top of the oh, day yeah. to you. He yeah, also doesn't walk around with one of these giant oversized plastic cases. <laughs> uh, who would that be? <laughs> oh, man. We're never going to let you live it down. So, let's move on to the next piece of news, which is in no way related to Nintendo. Uh, Square Enix time. announces a new RPG called Project Prelude Rune. What is with these RPG games? Like, there's Project Octopath Traveler that's supposed to be coming out for the Nintendo Switch. Like, what is... Don't name your game Project something. Just just come up with a name. It's not that hard, guys. Just just come up with a name and just... Yeah, just call it Prelude Rune. <laughs> there you go. Prelude <laughs> Brilliant name. I like it. You know? No need for the project there. Like, if you're even going to change the name down the line, just call it Prelude Rune now, and then just change the name. God. It, it's um, almost like somebody forgot to just, like, remove one word from their <laughs> file system. Some intern got fired over this. <laughs> oh, jeez. We've, um, we've got a project here called Prelude. Uh, what do you guys want to release that under? Uh, just, just tag Rune onto the end of it. That'll work. 
<laughs> so oh, uh, this is notable because it's from the producer of the Tales series game. So like Tales of Zisteria, Tales of Brasuria, whose name is Hideo Baba. And this is at a new studio called Studio Istolia. Apparently in Greek, that name means story. Um, or it's a stylized derivation of the Greek word for story. But uh, the project aims to build a new RPG with a new fantasy unfolding across a vast land teeming with life. Nurtured by the earth, the many peoples of this land dare to dream, fighting for what is just. And this is their tale. Uh, and basically, it seems like a just very straightforward kind of fantasy world with like dragons and like gorgeous characters. Uh, could be good, could be completely terrible. Who knows? We'll, we'll find out in a few years. So. It's interesting to see uh, Square Enix doing new RPG projects, though. So, Speaking of Square Enix RPGs, uh, Final Fantasy XV's PS4 Pro patch is out now. Uh, we had talked about this on a previous episode. It was supposed to give you uh, 60 FPS Final Fantasy XV for the first time. It turns out it doesn't do that at all. Um, it basically retains the light and high quality modes but they don't do the same things as before the light mode still runs in 1080p except now with an unlocked frame rate uh, which hovers between 40 and 50 fps so not 60 fps at all uh and basically it since it's unlocked the performance is like very all over the place it's there's no mode anymore that has just locked the 30 frames per second like you had at launch uh so this has actually kind of made the game worse because uh, with either of the settings on, there's just no way to control the performance and just lock it down to the solid frame rate so it's not con like continuously juddering all over the place. Uh, some people are saying that they're they're having a good time with the light mode now. Uh, just having like the extra FPS bump up from 30 has made combat feel a little bit better, but uh, just because like the frame rate is jumping all over the place, some people are going to have an issue with that. Um, so beware of that pro patch oh i have it for the xbox so i don't have to worry about that i guess yeah but i'm not even playing the game so Meh. it's a good game you should you should check it out it's not as good as final fantasy 10 though i'll tell you that <laughs> the remake right yeah that that remastered version is it's a gorgeous game too like when you think about like especially when the original game came out that's that's a damn good looking game and just like the world of that game is so much more interesting and the scope is so much bigger and i don't know it's just uh i feel like they went things went very wrong with final fantasy 15 and their development and i hope the next game is more well thought through and uh more fleshed out we'll see me too. I really like to see them go back to turn-based or the uh, what was the other one? Like like a the live action or the active mode or whatever it was called. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that battle mode so much better. I mean, I know they made a million games with that battle mode, but it's real time, right? Is that what it was called? Well, there's there's like real time battle mode or active time battle, and then there's just like the turn-based battle modes, which is what Final Fantasy X kind of was. There wasn't as much active stuff in that. Um, I like all those over hack and slash. There so. was more in Final Fantasy 13 of the active battle stuff, but uh, yeah. But uh, moving on from news, since you're saving so much money by canceling your Nintendo Switch pre-order... <laughs> Seven times. <laughs> you might be interested in building your own gaming PC, and that's our topic for today. So uh, 
have you guys ever built a gaming PC before? I'll ask you that first. Yes. Yes, I have. I built mine about five, six, seven years ago. Um, it. The reason I built it was because, number one, interest in computers. Uh, number two, I could build one with amazing specs for a whole lot cheaper than I can get it uh, pre-built. Mm-hmm. Um, and three... Uh, upgrading it later on is very simple. Like mine here, just a couple weeks ago, I had to get a new graphics card because we wouldn't play Halo Wars Two. Mm-hmm. So I got a uh, NVIDIA GeForce GTX, I think a 1060. Put that in my computer, and I'd easily just bought uh, my computer like another two or three years. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, processors don't go out of date as often as graphics cards do. So no, I stop. Plenty. I still have a processor that's working great. It's in one of the earlier i7s, which are what they're still actually. They just have later versions of them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have six gigabyte, gigabytes of RAM. I see that even when playing Halo Wars Two, it's only hitting about five fifty. Mm-hmm. So, like, even six gigabytes is still plenty. Good. What about you, Savage? You built anything? Uh, nope. I am the typical consumer i will go online and i will customize and buy so like when i bought my laptop because i've i've never owned a desktop since like windows 95 was the thing Mm -hmm. um but so i've pretty much just like customized from the hp store because i will pretty much only buy hp if i'm actually going to go through one of the main sources and obviously none of us will be talking about building a mac because show yourself a little bit of self-respect. Don't build a Mac. <laughs> you, I didn't even know you can build a Mac. Yeah, I don't know if you. I don't know how feasible that even is to to buy the parts for a Mac. Well, I'm sure wanna, Apple would have us believe Macs are born; they're not made. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I can confirm. Oh, boy, I want to say I think you can do small things like request like the amount of ram because i knew a guy at work who's a big mac person he said he got one and he got his with like 32 gigabytes of ram because he he did he did a bunch of editing and rendering stuff so he needed the extra ram i totally missed my chance to make a mcdonald's reference (laughs) (laughs) well good moving on (laughs) so let's talk about the process of building a computer. Well, first, let's talk about why would you even want to build one um, for yourself. Um, and today, I don't think the reason so much anymore is about saving money as it used to be. Like when I first built my own gaming PC, it was like right after high school. And the reason I built it is because I figured out that I could save like hundreds of dollars at that time over building something comparable from like Alienware and Alienware was like one of the only suppliers of high-end gaming PCs at the time when I was going to build this Uh, so like it was just like the only option was like build your own PC like learn how to do it put it together buy the parts or maybe buy like a higher-end Dell computer or like yeah then there's alienware beyond that and there wasn't much of like a custom market at the time but now there's all sorts of websites where you can go order like a custom pc i know one in particular that's really good is cyberpower pc you can get fairly priced pcs from there with really good parts all the stuff that you want to put in that are upgradable um, and that takes a lot of the stress out of it but being able to understand how to build your own 
gives you so many options uh, because it oh yeah yeah allows you to upgrade anytime you want at your leisure. It allows you to understand all the parts that are in your system, how they're working together, and where you might have a fault and how to troubleshoot that. Uh, and it's just a very valuable skill to have in so many ways to be able to build your own computer. Yeah, and just to build on what you said about uh, the price wise, I just before the podcast, I uh, went onto newegg.com mm. and I built a computer from scratch, got a case, got a motherboard, CPU. All that fun stuff. I ended up at about at two thousand seventy dollars, and I gave all my specs to Savage, and Savage kind of worked around for a little bit trying to find something to compare it to. He has yet he got he got kind of close on one, which is about a two hundred dollar difference. But even then, it had a, a significantly uh, less powerful uh, uh, graphics card. But other than that, it kind of matched it for the most part, right? Uh, yeah. I I have three currently built here. I have a. Well, I have four pulled up. I have the HP Omen 870-OS or O20ST, which is comparable but slightly weaker graphics card than what you've put together, Leo. Then I have an Alienware Area 51 fully loaded. Um, if you, you know, hit the lottery and you don't care, <laughs> you know that that's the computer for you. Then I have the the new Razorblade Pro, um, obviously, because I'm going to take any chance to throw Razor against it, because Razor's what I would probably go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have just uh, no surprise. Yeah, no surprise. Then I also have just the regular Razorblade, not not the Pro, um, to compare to it as well. But while we before we get too far into it, so I looked up, you know, while you guys were talking, uh, and tried to figure out if it would be possible to build your own Mac. The first thing on a lot of the articles I'm finding is compatibility issues. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to do that. I I've known people who have built Mac computers in the past. Like I think there was at the time, like it was a guy who was trying to build a Mac, but with an Intel processor and he somehow did it. But uh, it is like a lot of technical wizardry that comes to doing that it's probably simple now because a lot of macs run on intel processors now so it's probably must much simpler to either dual boot um the os with windows you could probably dual boot mac os alongside windows very easily now but i haven't checked into doing that in a long time yeah but let's be honest if you're going to do a non-windows os and build your own computer you might as well just run linux Yep. Yeah, since it's free, like most of the time, yeah, just run Ubuntu Linux and yeah, you're good to go pretty much. You'll probably run into driver issues and you clearly can't play nearly as many games on Linux as you can on Windows, but the compatibility is way, way better than it used to be, even like five years ago. So, And it's a lot better than just paying a couple grand for a Mac brick. <laughs> yes, Mac <laughs> uh, uh, let's let's not turn this into a hate Mac podcast. I'd hate to chase away listeners. <laughs> I would love to debate about it sometime, but that would be its own. You get episode. to play devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just really hoping that all of our Nintendo fans have uh, have stayed with us throughout this podcast since you know they really shouldn't cancel their pre-orders. It's a very good console, I hear. Is this the eighth time? <laughs> I'm not really keeping track. I should be putting dashes next to me. So let's talk about building your own computer. And I think the pl- 
place to start with this is with the processor or the CPU. Yeah, definitely, because everything else just branches from there. Now, there's a lot of uh, news about processor right now. Basically, the, the CPU is the heart of your computer. It does all the calculations, all the processing of everything, all, all the information. So it is basically... Is it the heart or the brain? It is the brain of the computer, I guess. Yeah. That's true. I'd, I'd give the uh, motherboard... The heart. Probably the heart, yeah. Yeah. The graphics card is clearly the dick. <laughs> <laughs> or the tits, <laughs> whatever you want to think. <laughs> so um, AMD, uh, who is one of the main processing uh, producers besides AMD Intel. AMD and Intel, yeah. yes. Uh, AMD has been overshadowed for several years now um, because their processor technology has been far behind Intel's in terms of uh, specific things like instructions per clock, which is a statistic that matters greatly for gaming. Uh, Intel has just dominated them over the past like five or 10 years even. Um, and AMD hasn't been able to lower prices enough to even to compete at the low end or the high end or anywhere. Um, but they just yesterday announced finally their new Ryzen series processors, um, which look like they finally will directly compete with the best that Intel has to offer again. So that could mean that in the coming months, uh, purchasing purchasing a PS uh, or CPU is going to be a little bit more complicated, but it's also going to be probably a little bit cheaper because when you have actual good competition between these two companies, what we're going to see is a price war, hopefully. Uh, with Intel's chips dropping in price that they haven't been dropping for a long time since they've had very little competition. And AMD is already pricing their top-of-the-line chips very competitively. Uh, their Ryzen 1800X, which is the flagship that they announced, uh, directly compares with Intel's 6950X, which is a $1,000 processor. And Ryzen's processor is already only going for $500. So that's a huge like shot across the bow towards Intel from AMD. Oh well, because I found an Intel Core i7 7700 for 350. Yeah, and so that's what the AMD 1700 processor would be competing with, uh, and they're listing that at 330 dollars. So they're they're basically have like a various uh, processor SKUs that they're putting out. Um, in a lot of ways, I still think the i7700K is probably going to be best for gaming. It runs at a higher frequency than the AMD processor does. Where the AMD processor beats it is in multi-threaded tasks. So things that could take advantage of this are like video editing programs, Photoshop, uh, Handbrake, um, streaming games on your PC uh, is nice to have multiple cores. So when you're playing the game, you have some cores working on the game and other cores working on streaming to Twitch or YouTube. So if you're yes, correct. Yeah, if you're thinking about content creation, then multiple cores is nice. And these AMD processors are eight-core processors with sixteen threads. So that could be something that people take into consideration when they're looking at these and looking at the price per performance ratio. Yeah, and also when building a PC, uh, one of the two things you want to splurge on is the processor because you will extremely unlikely ever upgrade it yes and the reason for that is that uh, processors are made to fit a specific socket um, like say intel's latest processors are like socket lga, LGA 1151 21, 2011 3 or 1151 yeah and yeah. 
AMD's newest processors are fit, uh, made to fit the AM4 socket. And the socket of the processor determines the type of motherboard that you're going to buy. Because uh, the motherboard has to support that socket. And what eventually will typically happen is with every new CPU generation, they typically change the socket. So then you can't just upgrade your processor on that same motherboard. So right. typically, those are the yeah. two components you will you will never upgrade without basically just replacing the entire computer at the same time. Yeah, if you're upgrading your processor, you're probably upgrading your motherboard and then replacing and reinstalling Windows as well every single time you do that. Yeah, so out of the whole thing, the two things you splurge on is a good motherboard and a good processor. Yep. I mean, and they'll last you a long time too, and, for the most part. And I think it's uh, prudent of us to say that you know, if you already own a console like an Xbox One or a PS4, both of them run on AMD processors as it is. This is true. Yep. And for for the longest time, I've always known AMD, and I'm sure this is not the case because of so many lawsuits that would happen. But for, <laughs> for the most part, AMD is just reverse engineered Intel. Yeah, their Intel has like litigated against AMD for years and years and years. Yeah. Despite all that, I still want to see them competing with each other because it's just better oh, yeah. for consumers. Yeah, it's definitely better for consumers. But yeah, it'll bring prices down and it'll force both companies to further their research and better products. Yeah, for me, I would probably go with the AMD, you know, just for the extra cores because a lot of what I do is, you know, the content creation. I'm the one who edits all of our podcasts and things like that and all of our gaming videos and all that content. So for me, having that paired with extra ram is like ideal for me as mm-hmm. somebody who's more on the like editing and creation side of things rather than just purely playing the games themselves and yep. for yeah i for whatever reason i've learned how to use max um just as you know in the media world everybody uses max for whatever reason i still don't understand it why, the, why everything's so anti-PC. That's funny. You work in that world and then you're like, I still don't get it. I, I don't. I don't understand why Mac is like the have to have. Everybody has to use it. But I think I, it's just because people get used to using their that software and then they can't use it on a PC. So, I guess. And, but like for, yeah. for me at work, working in a lot of like photography situations, everybody uses Macs for everything. But then we have one machine that does like 360 degree photography. Mm-hmm. It runs on Windows because the Mac couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it, it's yeah. just one of those things that... For me, it's really important to have all that extra RAM and having crashed computers that are like supposedly better with loads of RAM and, you know, all these different chipsets in Macs, you know, given it's partially the OS's fault. Um, But I've crashed those time and time again and lost all my progress. So for me, having all the extra power available, not necessarily using it all the time, but just having that extra little bit available is really important to me. And that's just in case the system tries to do something it's not supposed to, and but it has enough power to recover before it wipes itself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you follow us on Twitter, uh, last week, the podcast didn't come out till Saturday because during my editing process, my Ram in my computer decided to fry itself. Oh God. So, so I was in the middle of doing a bunch of editing and I had three programs open like I normally would. And all of a sudden, all of them quit working. 
And then I was unable after rebooting to even reopen any of the files that I had worked on. So I essentially lost like five hours worth of work. So that's frustrating. And you have a PC. How easy was it to replace that uh, RAM? Uh, pretty, pretty darn easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, if it had been a Mac, what would have happened? I would have had to buy a new computer. <laughs> <laughs> Mac laptops, I've been able to place to replace the RAM fairly easily in the past. Tip, though, you may need a special Torx screwdriver to open up the case, depending on the MacBook. Um, so, but I, that is one of the things on a Mac that you can sort of replace fairly easily. But uh, I've also replaced a hard drive on a Mac before, but that's a more in-depth project. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go back. So we'll talk about uh, <laughs> choosing motherboards. Um, basically, the main thing, as we said before, is you choose one that fits your processor. Uh, but then you also want to be able to get the best out of that processor, which might mean choosing one that uh, has uh, like a little pricier one that can handle a little bit speedier RAM. And then there are other factors that come into the conversation after that. Um, like say you want to have one video card and never want to buy anything more than one video card. Then you could probably buy a much cheaper motherboard, something around like $100 or maybe even less, uh, depending on sales prices typically. Um, but if you want to have... Um, two graphics cards running in SLI or Crossfire. Uh, those are the proprietary, uh, you know, dual GPU modes for N NVIDIA and um, AMD, uh, or ATI, sorry. Uh, you were going to want to have to, you're going to have to th think about that when you buy the motherboard. You're going to have to buy a more expensive motherboard that's going to support those multiple PCIe lanes. Uh, and so you're going to have to think about that up front. Uh, you're also going to think about things like how much storage you need. So how many ports you need for storage devices. So if you need multiple SATA ports, like four or five or six, we're going to have like a ton of hard drives in your computer. You're going to have to think about that. Uh, you'll probably want to think about how many USB ports you need on the back of your computer. I mean, that's something you could always... Yeah, when I started uh, building the one uh, right now, one of the things I was looking at was how many... Uh... USB 3.0 ports they had and end up selling on something with like uh, six of them because I'm running out on the one I have now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I've, I've done the math with all the Razer gear and peripheral stuff I use. Uh, I'm currently only using three on my laptop, but mm -hmm. that's because that's all it has. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm constantly struggling for ports. Ideally, I would have eight to ten. Yeah, and there's not many motherboards that actually there. I mean, there are some motherboards that support eight to ten, especially if you have. They'll typically have like maybe six on the back or maybe eight on the back, and then two to two to four ports on the front of your PC that you run wiring to. Uh, yeah, and you can always buy a little uh, a port, just a little you know, unit that plugs into a and plugs into it and turns it from one port into four ports. Yeah, I mean the only reason I would need eight to ten is so I could literally plug in everything I would ever use and never have to unplug it. <laughs> Which is yeah, a like nice I got the Elgato for uh, game streaming and recording, really, and it takes up my last port, <laughs> so yeah. That's why where my concern came from. I'm like, oh crap, I'm using them all now. Yeah, I mean the way Razer stuff is set up, I have my keyboard has to have two USB 
inputs into my computer one to power it one to take the inputs itself but then it also has a pass-through uh usb 3.0 i believe for my mouse so i run my mouse and all my headset stuff in through my laptop keyboard or not through my laptop keyboard, through my Razer Black Widow keyboard, and then that goes into the two ports in the side through the like, like just giant uh, tethered cord, and then I just have one on the other side that currently I'm using to like, if I need to plug in a hard drive, that's that's my go-to slot. If I have to plug in, you know, an Xbox One controller, that's what goes there. If I have to plug in, you know, a flash drive to use an emulator or something, and it's just, you know, I can't ever do more than that and still use my mouse and keyboard so it's it's really only one free space right now and it's just a pain yeah so yeah and then the uh the other thing that your motherboard uh will like limit is like how much memory you can use and then what speed that memory can run at um Typically for gaming, memory speeds don't matter as much as just how much memory you have. Uh, most games are fairly optimized to be used with like even very low speed memory. Yeah, um, uh, games don't, they're not very big memory users. Memory is mainly for like doing like video editing and rendering and like mm-hmm. intensive applications, but gaming. What gaming draws mostly from is from the GPU, which we'll get to in a minute. But memory is still important in case, you know, you're you're going to do online streaming with your gaming. Yeah. Because then you'll be running a program behind your game, and that's when the memory will come in, come important. But the one I built, I have uh, 16 gigabytes of RAM, which is uh, four pieces of memory, uh, each with four gigabytes on them. And that's probably, yeah, that's more than enough with room to spare. Yeah, I mean, only very recently have some modern games started using, like, more than 8 gigabytes of memory. Like, up until now, 8 gigabytes of memory was fine for, like, almost every game you would ever play. Uh, so now it's the standard is starting to move towards 16. I still have 8 in my computer, and I've been fine. Yeah, I have 6 in mine, and I can see that Halo Wars 2 is running up into the 5. 5 gigabytes of RAM right now, so, yeah. Eight's probably still good, and if you're doing streaming, then 16, just so you have some extra power to boot if you need to. Yep. Yes. And not not to love you guys and leave you, but uh, kind of similar to last week, I've got to, since we don't pick up our new car till tomorrow, I've got to head out a little early on the podcast, but tonight I won't be back. So uh, Leo and Becom being kind of the experts of our group, as far as building uh, PCs, I think you guys can pretty well handle this. So I've we'll do our best. Yeah, I've I've linked you guys the four PCs I had brought up, so you can just simply uh, pull them up and all right, great compare. So other than that, I will see you guys next week. Um, yeah, so take it away, guys. All right, thanks, Savage. All right, later, Savage. So yeah, so once you've I mean, basically, just pick out a memory that uh, fits with the motherboard. Typically, the motherboard website will have a list of compatible memory. It is pretty good idea to follow that. Um, I mean, you could usually use memory that's not on that compatibility list, but it has the same specifications. Yeah, I'm here looking for something to that will fit it. All you have to do is, on your motherboard, they'll have a specifications list, and it'll usually get maximum memory supported, uh, but 
the one thing you won't work, look for is the thing called memory standard, which is your speed. Mm-hmm. And it's m- measured in MHZ. Yep. So you know what kind of memory to look for. You know how many slots you can have. Um, but then other than that, it's just picking out the memory. And then uh, moving on from memory, you can talk about graphics cards. And so like I was saying before, you can... I would encourage, especially if you're a first-time user, not to go for Crossfire or SLI. Um, It can give you more raw power for certain games, but there are also a lot of games that have issues with dual GPUs. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's like a constant problem. I always see people complaining about it, especially when games first come out. Typically, a lot of people will just disable their second graphics card when they're playing the game because it can lead to just worse performance sometimes before it's optimized. Yeah, and there's two kind of main types of graphic cards. There's GeForce, and then there's Radeon. Yeah, ATI Radeon and NVIDIA's GeForce cards. Um, but then there's a whole bunch of different companies that make their own versions of these cards. Um, like significant ones would be EVGA, uh, MSI. Um, yeah, see, I prefer EPCA, but yeah, they're they're solid. They also have a nice trade-in program for graphics cards if you're going to buy them very mm-hmm. often. Do you have a preference between GeForce and Radeon? Uh, I typically don't. Uh, NVIDIA have been faster recently. Uh, I also think that NVIDIA's drivers are have been much more reliable. Up until about two years ago, I had an ATI card, uh, and I had been having horrible issues with drivers and games not working properly. And then I read a bunch about people saying that just like the ATI drivers had just been a mess for a while. Uh, and they've been actively working to to fix that. They also have a new GPU line that's coming out basically next month they'll be announcing it. So there might be some changes with that. Oh, see, I've, I've only used GeForce and I've had zero problems with them. I mean, yeah. that's just mine specifically, but I've really liked them and I've always gone with the uh, Evka brand because uh, I don't know it's just what it's the brand I lean towards I've always had good results with them so yeah I almost always go with what is cheapest but also has a good cooling fan attached to it uh so this time around that was an MSI with like ACX cooling uh which has been perfectly fine uh it's run great I I hadn't bought MSI before but I think they make good stuff um I might buy an MSI motherboard the next time i get a chance to upgrade so yeah um yeah there's just plenty of companies out there uh for ati cards i know i think sapphire is the brand that i used to trust in the past for making good stuff um, but there's various brands so you can check around but I, I would typically say just go for the cheapest option and then and upgrade slightly from there for your needs like uh, basically, more expensive options are typically cards that are overclocked by the manufacturer. Uh, yep. I mean, so it may may not make sense to actually pay for that overclock. Like you could, you might even be able to do that overclocking at home on your own. I typically don't overclock the graphics card. I'll I'll overclock a processor, but I don't want to mess with the graphics card as much because uh, that does put out a lot of heat. Um, but yeah, basically find a good graphics card and the way to do that uh there's a useful website i actually just found recently called userbenchmark.com and this has benchmarks from computer users from all over the place and you can sort it by cpus by gpus 
and you can see like exactly what your current GPU, how it ranks against like the newer ones that are out. And like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and like what percentage like performance increase they have over your GPU, you can compare directly. So you can see like, hey, if there's like a GPU out that has like a hundred percent better performance than your GPU, it might be time to upgrade. Uh, if it's <laughs> if it's only like a ten percent performance increase, even if you're like two generations old, like you can probably stick with your graphics card for quite a long time and without upgrading. I would say, I mean, it depends on how cutting edge you want to be. And that's what building a computer allows you to do. Yeah, but uh, conveniently, graphics cards are basically one of the easiest things to upgrade in your PC. Yep. Yeah, I, like I said, just a couple of weeks ago, I did mine. And I literally, I pulled the side panel off my computer. Mm-hmm. Of course, I unhooked the whole thing from the power first. Don't, <laughs> that's a good idea. Don't want to mess that up. <laughs> pulled off the side panel on my computer. I unhooked the power cables going to the graphics card and just literally pulled it out, grabbed my new one, pushed it in. Granted, uh, I need to get a bigger case because I barely could get that thing in there. (laughs) And then just reconnected the power cables, turned on the PC. That was it. That's how easy it was to upgrade. Yeah, install the new drivers. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, and when it boots up, I mean, anymore, it, it, it just asks you, you're like, would you like to install the new drivers? And you say yes, and it just does the whole thing by itself. So, but, uh, yeah. Anything else on graphic cards? Uh, not for now. Let's move on to storage. So, there's various different storage options. Um, you have your typical mechanical hard drives, which have been around for forever. And these still are always the best if you want to have just a lot of storage for files or video. Oh, yeah. The best bang for your buck. Yeah. yeah they'll. And they're not, it's not. But they're still really good drives, too, because you can get different uh, types. I know Western Digital has, like, four different types. They're just Mm color-coded. But they have a uh, Western Digital Black Series, which is their performance one. Yep. And the way, like you said, they're mechanical. And the way they work, they spin up. But once they're spinning, you can access everything in them. And the only reason they wouldn't be spinning is if you have been away from your computer for a while and it just kind of slows them down for... uh, just energy purposes, but once they're spinning, they're super fast. You wouldn't notice any lag between them and then the other types of new hard drives now, which are the solid state hard drives, which have no moving pieces. So like their information access is super fast. Yeah, they're they're much faster than your typical hard drive. Uh, and then there is an even newer standard that is just being is coming out on newer motherboards now, which is called M.2 or NVMe which is a flat so it's an SSD drive that is plugged into the PS or sorry the PCIe lanes on your motherboard rather than through a, an SATA connection which allows it to talk with the processor even faster than before so those are super 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 fast uh, and they would be nice to have as a boot drive maybe even just like a small like 256 gigabyte boot drive or something like that yeah speaking of a uh, uh a configuration the one i built well, actually we can probably post this in the uh info of this pci bill if anybody wanted to check it out it's basically the best for two thousand bucks it has the about the best intel processor you can find with one of the best almost at the very tip top uh graphics card on it we'll post it in there but this one i built with three hard drives all for specific reasons. The first one is uh, the solid state drive. It's 120 gigabytes. And that's basically for my operating system. 
Yep. So it never has to worry about anything else. It so the operating system is super fast, and that's actually how I have my current PC PC build. It has just two of them, and the thing will boot Windows 10 in 40 seconds. Nice. And then, but on this build, I have also two other ones, and that's when I went with the Worcester Digital uh, Black two terabyte. Each of them two terabytes, uh, just a regular uh, to save on money, just the, one of the regular hard drives. But the reason I got two is one will be for like programs, just Microsoft Word. I don't know, we're using Audacity right now, things like that. And the other one would be for gaming. So the fun thing here is you would never hit any lag because you're each of your, no matter what you're doing, each of your all three drives would be doing its own independent thing. And as long as your memory could handle it, you wouldn't even notice it. It would yeah. just it would just move flawlessly. Yeah, so there's things you have to think about when you when you're looking at SSD drives and like it would be nice to have my Steam library on an SSD drive, but up until now and still even now, it's very expensive for that to happen because Prices have been dropping, but they're still expensive. Like the 120 gigabyte, which I found, which is probably the best company you can get from right now, is Samsung. Mm-hmm. Anybody can debate that. It, just 120 gigabytes is 86 bucks, but two Western Digital Black terabyte drives, 159. Yeah, massive difference in the amount of memory you get. Like I said, it's just what you want to use them for. Yeah, and those new NVMe PCIe drives are, are way more expensive per gigabyte as well. Um, because yeah, they're new earlier, technology, so yeah. Yeah, but earlier on, I mentioned uh, the external hard drive I got, the four terabyte. Yeah. The Seagate four terabyte. Well, that's USB 3.0, which is, like we said earlier, actually faster than the memory in your, not your memory, the, the hard drive inside your Xbox, actually. And it's still kind of true for most of it. It depends on what the connections are, which that would be going into way too much detail and we would totally lose people yeah. who don't know what we're talking about. But just something like that, just running it through a USB 3.0 is just amazing fast. Oh, and that's a solid state for 4 terabyte. I'm sorry. It's ridiculously priced. I don't know why it's so cheap. Wait, it, it might be a hybrid drive, but I don't think it's a solid state full 4 terabyte. I don't think there are many of those. There's a lot of um, hybrid solid state uh, hard drives out there that have like solid state for part of the drive, like for like doing like operations and like input output stuff and then the rest of the drive is just pure raw mechanical storage um because i know that like four terabyte ssds if they do exist are like a thousand dollars so there's no way (laughs) Hmm. maybe it's man i could have sworn i looked into this specifically yeah, I think it could be a hybrid drive, like a SSH. Yeah, it could probably be a SSHD is my, my, what it might have been called. But yeah, um, so basically, like I would love to have my Steam library on a, a solid state drive, but my Steam library is like 700 gigabytes large, so I would need <laughs> at least a terabyte uh, SSD, and that typically means like at least 200 dollars uh, to drop on that, and that that. That is my Steam library, like being pared down to only so the do games you want I an want internal to play. or an external hard drive. Uh, I typically go with internal hard drives. I just like to keep everything inside okay. my case um, and keep it protected and nice. Uh, but uh, you, there's no reason not to get an external. I mean, you totally can. I mean, and, it, and that also yeah. gives you the opportunity. Say, if you have a laptop and a gaming desktop PC, 
you could have your Steam library installed on that external hard drive and then just move it between those two PCs and use it whenever you want to, which is fantastic. So I would highly recommend that if you want to do gaming on two computers and don't want to constantly be like fiddling with the Steam library on each one of them, which could be really annoying. Uh, just keep it on an external hard drive. Um, there's some pretty fast ones out there, and you can get external SSDs too. I've seen those uh, coming out. All right, the uh, lowest price one terabyte internal solid state drive is by Mushkin, which is mm-hmm. uh, debatable, but it's 250 bucks. Yeah, see, it's expensive. It really is. And like the Samsung one terabytes are like 350 or something, probably. Like they're expensive. <laughs> Yeah, let's hear. Let's click Samsung. See what we run up with. We run up with three hundred and seventeen is the lowest price. Okay, that's probably like the Evo eight forty or eight fifty or something like that. Yeah, eight fifty Evo. So yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, a lot of most games are optimized to work on mechanical hard drives anyway. Uh, you will gain boosts in load times, though. And you can gain some slight, like, 5 or t- even maybe 10 in some games uh, frames per second boosts with a solid-state drive. It's rare to get that much of a performance boost, but you can see it maybe 2 or 3 frames per second, like, pretty consistently. So it is a factor in performance that you can think about. Um, it just about depends if, like, that small jump in performance is something that m- matters to you enough to pay for it. So. Yeah, and you can always just operate the whole thing off one hard drive. Yep. Yeah, it just it's just advantages to doing multiple. But other than that, once you have all those done with your uh, computer, then it's now you know how much power your computer is going to use. So you need to pick up your power supply. Yeah, and so main power draws for the PC are going to be the CPU and the graphics card. Uh, so you, there's, there are very useful power supply calculators online. You can just Google power supply calculator, and I'm sure you'll find several of them. Uh, and you can find out, like, say, hey, if you have, like, two graphics cards that are, like, top of the line and running all the time in SLI and, like, a whole bunch of hard drives, like, you might need, like, an, a 1,000-watt or, like, a 1,200-watt power supply. Chances are you're not going to have all that. And you could probably do with like a 750 watt or maybe even a 600 watt power supply. Uh, I always say go like a little bigger than what you think, just in case you're going to add more parts in the future. And you don't want to have to like, you know, make a new or buy a new power supply and rewire the whole computer with all that stuff again in the future. But uh, the other things to think about with power supplies are basically efficiency and whether it's modular or non-modular. Talk about efficiency first. Uh, power supplies have different ratings. You'll often see ones that are like 80 plus gold certified or 80 plus platinum certified or 80 plus silver. Platinum being the best. So basically a platinum certified PSU is one that is almost always within the range of its voltages and its power out like output. Uh, and like doesn't like vary at all. Uh, like something that would be like bronze or silver certified may have like a lot more variations in the voltage uh, that it puts out. So you could potentially like go out of the range of what your computer needs and it could like shut off on you. This usually won't happen if you if you buy a power supply that provides enough wattage for what you need though. Um, this only is something that you really have to keep in mind if you're gonna have like really super 
like juiced up like nvidia titan x like graphics cards or something and those graphic cards even actually aren't that great i'm led to believe yeah i mean 1080s are probably more competitive for the price to be honest 1070s um and honestly the nvidia 1080 ti's are probably going to be announced in the next couple weeks as well and those will be extremely good cards uh and uh, we'll see how much they're priced at but but anyway yeah so power supplies the other thing i mentioned is modular what this means is that if you have a modular power supply uh all of the wires that go to the various parts in your cpu can be taken out and swapped and or not put in at all if you don't like need them uh this is nice for just like cable management in your case uh Non-modular power supplies just have all of the cables always attached to the power supply at any given time. Um, yep. So they always... That's the way mine is yeah, now. Yeah, they always, like, sit in the back of the case. You have to just, like, kind of hide them away. Stuff them out away. Yeah, basically. <laughs> which it, which is part of the reason I could barely get my uh, graphics card in. Yeah, that's why modular stuff is so nice, because you can only put the cables that you need in, and yeah it's uh they're much easier to stow away and also easy to if you want to buy like third-party cables that have like cool sleeving or like colorful designs on them you can do that too and uh, insert them into your modular power supply so that's something to think about um moving on to optical disk drives these are actually sort of being phased out i've been seeing uh a lot of the uh, yeah. yeah, the one I built, I didn't even I didn't even put one in. Yeah, I guess you don't need to anymore. And I, when I think about it, like uh, I very rarely use my drive, except I do play Blu-rays sometimes on my computer. But even that's kind of a stupid thing to do because, <laughs> like, first of all, if you want to play Blu-rays on your computer, you need a proprietary software like Power DVD. And yep. that's like a $70 soft piece of software, maybe, or maybe $50. I don't know what it's at now. Or if you just have an Xbox One or a PS4, yeah, like, you are you have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, honestly, I should probably be playing the Blu-rays on my Xbox or PS4 <laughs> and never using my computer. Like, it just doesn't really make much sense anymore. But, uh, I like, the last time I built a computer, I was still thinking about that. So I had a, I have a Blu-ray disc drive in there. Um, but a lot of cases that are coming out nowadays, like, they don't even have room to put front bay devices in because they, they just will put a whole b- wall of fans up front or they'll put some nice glass or just like a really nice cool looking design on the front and you can't even like open it up to get to the yeah base. i mean you gotta think there's so many streaming services now and then you can do if you need somehow the input information in your computer rather than using a disc, you can use a USB drive. Yeah, like I was I was looking at buying Windows 10 the other day. Um, and so like this is something you have to consider again, like buying an operating system. You need to buy an operating system for the computer. I would recommend Windows 10 uh, Pro Edition probably. Uh, and yeah, if you buy it, it comes on a USB flash drive these days. So you would just boot... Uh, the motherboard into the BIOS, which is like the motherboard's operating system, and then have you would set the boot order to boot from the flash drive first. Yep. And then, yeah, you would just load up Windows from a flash drive, which is so weird to me. I'm so used to loading Windows from a CD. <laughs> like, I've been doing that for a million years. Uh, you can buy like external Blu ray and CD drives, though, and they're pretty nice. Like, I think LG makes a pretty nice uh, Blu-ray writing drive that's out right now. It's like a nice like silver thing that people say is really quiet. Um, 
Yeah, but unless you have a specific use for it, it's not going to do you any good. Yeah, unless like you want to burn a bunch of information to Blu-rays for archiving purposes. Probably doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I still have a lot of old PC computer discs, but slowly many of my old computer games that I actually care about have been going up on like good old games or Steam or some other service. So at that point, yeah, like, yeah. I might as well just buy those things again for like $2. So. And if I want to back up anything... It- it always goes on a USB drive now. I don't put it on anything else. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Flash drives are really reliable, and they, they're pretty damn durable. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, interesting tidbit information. Uh, flash drives are actually solid-state drives. Yeah, yeah. So That's what they are. Yeah, flash Solid-state drives are just bigger flash memory drives, basically. Yep. Yep. Oh, man, but other than that, to basically complete a built PC other the only last component left is your case and since we're building a gaming pc what you're going to look for is something that's an atx full tower lots of people make these there's tons of them out there basically you're just going to pick one you think's fancy or has lots of fans fans are good because the cooler your pc runs the uh, faster and more efficiently will run at the same time yeah, and so full. So ATX is the standard of the motherboard. So most motherboards Correct. that you'll see are ATX size. There's also extended ATX motherboards or micro ATX motherboards or even ITX motherboards, which is an even tinier like home theater PC sized motherboard. Yeah, but if you're building a gaming PC, we're going to be in the standard ATX. Yeah, typically ATX is what you want. Um, And so, yeah, you can, like, so full tower cases are usually typically a little bit larger, so you can fit um, more hard drives in them uh, and have a little bit more room to work in. I highly recommend a full tower for a first-time builder because that extra space to maneuver in makes building the PC way, way easier. Yeah. uh, when you're more experienced, or if you think you know what you're doing, you could you could buy a mid tower case. Um, they'll be a lot like nicer size to put in your room. They'll probably fit under or on top of your desk a little bit nicer. But uh, you have to realize that like if you have big hands like I do, you're gonna be like bumping into some sharp corners. Um, so you're gonna have to want you're gonna want to do some more research to find a mid tower case. Yeah, but even with that, that is uh, smartly space designed. management when you're putting all your stuff in there, like mine's a mid tower. Yeah. And I could barely get this graphics card in here. And it's actually, there's a little pressure in there right now between all the cords and that. Yeah, and a lot of uh, uh, good case websites will have specifications that show, like, how long of a graphics card you can fit in that case, in that uh, configuration. Yep, yep. Case makers that I uh, really support and think are good, uh, Corsair makes fantastic cases. Um Fantex is another one that makes really good cases that cool very well. Uh, NZXT is like the first case I ever bought was an NZXT case. This is a very good entry-level case company. Um, Like a good mid-tower case they make is like the S340. That's a very solid case for under $100 typically, I think. Yeah, I'd like to throw Antec in there because they make really nice uh, steel and aluminum cases that tend to have fans in the front that pull air from the front through the PC and they have fans on the back and the top, which pulls it out of the back and top, which has 
cooled my PC very well, which is the one I have now and the one I built on Newegg are both Antec cases. Yeah, Antec used to like dominate the market back in the day, but now a, a whole bunch of uh, other companies have picked up the slack a little bit and have been pushing the, uh, the case industry forward. Uh, one company that I'm looking at for my next build, because uh, I've come to care about different things over the years since I built my previous PC, which was like seven years ago I bought this case, which is a Corsair 800D, um, is there's a company in Germany called Be Quiet uh, that makes cases and power supplies and uh, CPU coolers that are all focused around making your PC as quiet as possible. So it has like soundproofing material all around the interior of the case. All of the fans are a proprietary design that is meant to dampen sound while keeping performance high. Uh, so I'm very intrigued about building a case uh, out of this, or sorry, building a, ne- a new computer out of this and these parts next time around because God, be my computer right now is freaking wind machine and it's loud. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty loud. Uh, I have... Mine's got a little hum to it, yeah. but it's nothing. I'm probably just so used to it. I don't even hear it now. Yeah. There's probably some retrofitting I could do, like adding some like rubber grommets around like the fans that I have installed and uh, maybe some soundproofing material inside that could really help. But it's nice to have a PC that's sort of uh, built for that from the ground up. So. Yeah, but beyond that, basically you have a fully bit built computer at this point. Everything beyond this is you're just your monitors and your speakers, uh, keyboard, mouse. Yeah, and one thing I would mention when I was when it comes to speakers and sound is, so back in the day, it used to be pretty typical that you would buy a sound card for a PC, but most modern motherboards have very decent yeah. uh, sound stuff built into them these days. Yeah, not anymore. I mean, uh, unless you're doing like something very specific that involves sound, like some types of recordings or... Yeah, you have to listen to something very in a very high quality fashion. You would never notice a difference uh, unless that's what you're specifically supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, and in a lot of cases, just buying a USB digital analog converter DAC could be it could give you better sound than the sound card would anyway. So you'd have to think about like what your specific situation is for audio and what you need if you really want like high quality surround sound gaming uh a sound card might be what you want for like seven sound card plus a really nice set of headphones oh yeah yeah so and then yeah uh thinking about monitors i mean yeah there's <laughs> you buy like any type of monitor basically uh i don't know i would recommend like a 27 inch 1080p monitor probably unless you're gonna go with like a huge graphics card which at that point you could probably think about a 4K monitor. Uh, But if you have a 4K monitor, you're going to be stuck in upgrading your graphics card every few years because uh, those monitors need a lot of power to, uh, to play a game at 4K at like 30 or even 60 FPS. So yeah. And I, I recommend dual monitors. Uh, They have many, many benefits. Basically you just have your desktop on, I keep mine on the left as all my applications, what I want to do. And then on the right side is usually where I have the game I'm playing or the, as of right now, where I have the browser up. And I actually use have a bigger screen for that, but then it sits farther away. But then my left one sits a little bit closer and it's smaller. 
I have the same basic setup. Yeah, I have like a Samsung monitor for my main monitor. It's a 27-inch. And then I have like one of the first computer monitors like I ever bought when I was building PCs, which was... Is it a CRT? It's not a CRT, but it's <laughs> a, it's an NEC and it's an ASIPS monitor, which is a standard that they don't even make anymore. It was a, oh, wow. it was yeah, a see, very mo- high-quality monitor, very sought-after monitor at the time. And even to this day, it still puts out, like, great colors. Um, but it's also, like, showing its age a little bit. So Yeah, both mine are Samsung. Uh, the one on my left is actually a Samsung computer monitor, and I think it's a 20-inch. And then um, the one on my right is actually my old TV, mm-hmm. my gaming TV, before I upgraded to my new one. And this one's a uh, 32-inch TV, actually. Yep. But they're both Samsung, and they both look... Be- uh, Samsung's a great TV brand, by the way. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yep. I have a 4K TV from them right now. It's fantastic. Uh, I ended up going with an LG just for price reasonings. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But LG is... They're my second anything, favorite, probably. Th- if anything, they're second to Samsung. It's what? Sony, Sony LG, LG, and then yeah. Samsung, yeah. Um, so some useful websites um, for building a PC. One that's great is PCPartPicker.com. Uh, what this helps with is if you're looking to put together a configuration and put together the parts you need, it is a very useful guide in that it will tell you if you have any compatibility issues in the build you're proposing to put together. It'll also link you to the lowest price for that item on various websites. Uh, so it's really useful tool for putting together a new build. Um, as I mentioned before, userbenchmark.com is nice for looking at like performance uh, comparisons between different parts. Uh, one website I've been following for like a billion years is tomshardware.com. They have various news articles about all the latest parts, uh, components, uh, and charts for performance uh, for all these things. Like when various gaming performance, real life performance, like productivity performance. So very useful. And then there's a, there's a whole subreddit dedicated to this called uh, reddit.com r build a PC. And there's a sister subreddit to that build a PC sales that has every day posts like low discounts on different parts. Um, and our build a PC is very open to people asking questions about like their, what they should build. Um, so it's a great source for information and useful tips. Yeah, and I'd also like to throw in uh, Newegg.com, which mm-hmm. is N-E-W-E-G-G.com, which is basically my go-to site for anything electronics. No matter where I go, I almost always, and I mean like 98% of the time, find everything cheaper on Newegg.com. Yeah, my my two go-tos are typically Newegg and Amazon, and it's usually a horse race to see like who's the least expensive these days, so... <laughs> New eggs very very reliable though typically for me. So. Yes, they they always ship very fast for me too. Yeah, they ship very fast, and I mean Amazon, especially with Prime, ships super fast as well. But yeah, New Egg is not going to be like a snail mail thing. It'll it'll get you, get it get your stuff to you quickly and in nice. I packaging. think the latest I've ever seen them ship something is like maybe day two and that's because when i ordered it it was really late in the day two days earlier <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, i mean that'll happen so but yeah so if you guys have any questions for us in particular about building your own pc that we didn't cover here just let us know in the comments and we'll get back to you on it we're happy to help um 
building PCs is just, it's really fun. Uh, it can be expensive as a hobby <laughs> if you get too into it, but um, it's super yeah, you useful. You just keep building them when you don't need them. Yeah, I know. Like, like my computer now is fine, but after building this one, I just keep eyeballing it, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, with all the stuff that got announced with AMD Ryzen yesterday, I was just on multiple websites, like, considering, like, building a new computer with that, and just, I'm so excited about it, but I need to hold off for a while until I have more money to spend on that, (laughs) so we'll see. Yeah, you gotta save your money for Japan. (laughs) Yeah, it's true, that that trip coming up. So that about wraps it up. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you look like you've been sabotaged before Savage left. <laughs> before Savage left, he wrote in the Google document for me to say, I've successfully canceled my Nintendo Switch pre-order, which surprisingly I still haven't done. I haven't had the time to do that during this podcast. but Haven't had the time or you're still thinking about I'm it? I'm still thinking Sleep about it. it. I'm waiting to see if maybe Amazon is going to do something about this situation or if Nintendo is going to do something about it. I mean, we'll see. So I'll give it a day. I'd at least give it a couple days to see what happens. Yeah. So anyway, um, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitter for all your podcast updates. And remember, we're also on iTunes and Google Play. So subscribe there and give us a five-star review if you like what you heard. And thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.